Welcome to the scene. My name is David Chu, and I am a lover of film and pop culture. I am a theatre student here at UNE, and I am collaborating with Belgrave Cinema and Toon to bring you this show. Screen Time is essentially a program where I review films that are showing in Belgrave and talk about the different aspects of the film and my personal opinions and enjoyment of the film. Today is the first episode, and the movie on screen today is Five Nights at Freddy's, FNAF for short, if you are a fan of the books and games. Directed by Emma Tammy, who has done works such as Into the Dark, a TV series, and The Left Right Game, a podcast, seems they have a liking for horror and supernatural themes, from what I can see. This movie is based on the books and games under the brand Nine Canon Games and around 15 books, depending on who you ask. Personally, I would like for a few of them to be more canon, but that's not my decision. The premise of the books and the games is that there is a security guard that works at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria and must survive each night being attacked by the animatronics. At least that is the premise of the books and the games. Freddy the Bear, Chica the Chicken, Bonnie the Rabbit, Foxy the Pirate Fox, and Cupcake are the main animatronics that will appear in this movie, so get excited. The premise for the movie is that Mike is a new security guard and goes to work at Freddy's to support him and his sister, Abby. Once he loses his other job in a mall due to some complications, shall we say. Throughout the film, he spends his night caring for his sister Abby and dreaming about his brother Garrett, who was kidnapped when they were children. Not a pleasant thing, but he seems to love torturing himself by going back each night. Through his time working at the pizzeria, he meets Vanessa, a policewoman who seems to know a lot about Freddy's and the animatronics themselves, who is quite in favour of being at this place at night for some reason. Now he must survive. For the actors, we have Josh Hutchinson as Mike, Piper Rubio as Abby, Elizabeth Lally as Vanessa, and Matthew Lillard as Steve Ragslin. I personally thought they all did a very good job. Everyone was committed to their parts, showed excellent emotion, And I will say that I am very immersed in each of their characters. They were very believable, to an extent. Now let me say right now, this movie itself takes... This movie takes itself very seriously. It is not a joke horror or a horror comedy. Although that probably went to its detriment. I would say this movie should be called an elevated thriller rather than a horror movie. It had a smidge of emotional trauma behind it. And what I mean by elevated thriller is that the horror element is there, but it is more unnerving than scary and leans towards thriller because the moments between from highs and lows of intensity, it swaps a fair bit. Oddly enough, I would even argue that some of the horror tropes that they put in were probably on the cliché side and probably took away from the general enjoyment of the film itself. 
Now, I'm going to move on to setting design. Personally, I loved the setting design of pretty much every location in this film. Freddy Fazbear's outside and inside looked phenomenal. On the outside, decrepit, which it should be, old, but yet still weirdly like you could go in there and have a good time as a child, just playing all the arcade games or just chilling with your family, eating a hearty meal. And the inside of it, walls, perfect. Arcade games, on point. General design of walls and floors, seating, everything does make you feel like it, w- it could have been a McDonald's. It could have, it could just be any normal food cafe place that supports children having a fun time with their parents. It makes you feel at home and safe. Like this could be a real place where anyone could go to and just have fun. At least that's what I think. Other people might see it differently. It does become more unnerving as the film goes on, but obviously that's when more things are revealed. At the start, you would probably think that it was a... that you would probably go there on a weekend as a kid, and it would be great. Now, probably not so much, since uh, it's closed and murders have happened, but there's no proof of that in the movie, at least not yet. Now, they also utilized a forest dream setting that was unsettling even before they actually tried to make it unsettling. They added some horror aspects to it, but at the end of it, it was generally more unsettling than scary. It was an empty forest, essentially, that was constantly cloudy and completely empty. Devoid of, I mean, both animals and people, or just any sound in general. I'm sure to most people that would be quite unsettling. Some people would probably enjoy it, but it would probably be most unsettling. The design was a good forest. I'd say it was a good forest. Now, moving on to lighting, it was very specific. In some places, they lit up everything, making it feel warm and comfortable. In other places, they focused very specifically on certain things that would light up. Signs, certain lights, like stage lights and a spotlight that was focused on a picture, on a wall of pictures. Now, to most people, you probably wouldn't think twice about the lighting's design, but if you're a FNAF fan and you were paying attention to these things, such as the picture on the wall, showed a picture of the kids that were kidnapped and killed, and the perpetrator. Of course, even if you weren't a FNAF fan, you probably could have figured this out, although you wouldn't know the further details behind it. Now... The entire film felt like it was on a filter when it came to the lighting as well. It felt like everything was cloudy. Not just the forest that I mentioned before, but just everything in general was cloudy. Like they fully intended it to be a more somber film than horror. That probably did not work for it. I would say the consistency was nice though. If it wasn't a FNAF film, if it wasn't just a horror film intention, then I would say that it worked perfectly fine with the consistency. Now moving on to the music, I would say the music was appropriate, but it was also just uninteresting. I personally tried to think about the music throughout the film and while watching it twice, it did not appeal, it did not like fire any synapses in my head, making me appreciate the music. As someone who loves music a lot, Yeah, I'm personally rather disappointed in the music. 
there were some moments that pulled the music from the games, which I did appreciate, but for the most part, I did not think too much about it and just kind of moved on from the music. So if you're looking for music in this film, I wouldn't hope for the best. Although if you're looking for music in this film to begin with, I would also be slightly concerned. Now, moving on from music, I I understand that was a rather quick segment. That is most unfortunate. The animatronics in this film. If you are a fan, you would have loved... I loved the animatronics. They were designed very well. It's exactly what I would imagine they would look like in real life. Like, I, from looking at it, I think they did the design really well for the animatronics. And I could feasibly see them around, even today, just walking around and killing people. They were big. They felt scary. But not too scary. They had, like, one moment where one of the animatronics just winked. And for some reason that was funny to me. I do not know why. I found that funny, though. I mean, if you just love animatronics, yeah, they worked. They they certainly did work for this film. They do kill, and there is murder, so do not bring your kids to come watch this film. There isn't too much of this murder-ing, murdering, but probably just enough. Now, moving on from the animatronics, the camera angles in this film were quite varied. I would say they almost used... Every single camera shot they could think of, from long shots, wide shots, over-the-shoulder, tracking, probably to their detriment as well. I appreciate their use of many different camera angles, but that probably did prolong the film a fair bit unintentionally. I would say it was the camera shots were used to fan service every aspect of FNAF for the fans, and therefore prolong the film... Therefore, anyone who doesn't know much about FNAF would have just felt it drag on. In fact, I had some people even say it felt dragged on, and I can see why through the camera shots. I enjoyed it perfectly fine because I was aware, but understandably, if you don't know, then you don't know. It certainly did not add to the story itself, I will say. Now, from a fan perspective, the film was great. The animatronics, on point. Scary, little creepy, good design, could see them in real life. All our favorite characters were there, and by that I mean Vanessa and William Afton. And I mean, I guess some people like the security card, Mike. I thought he was alright. And for the most part, accurate to the lore, accurate design. I'm sure most fans of FNAF would have just enjoyed the film. Although if some of them were expecting it to be goofy or full-on horror, that probably would have deterred them because of the fact that it seems more like an elevated thriller than anything else. Now, from a critic's perspective, we have some individuals saying that the film dragged on, yes. Some would say that it works quite well as a cliché horror film, But since most people these days seem to try and move away from cliché, it would probably not be viewed as the best, which is perfectly understandable and something that I can also understand. If you're a critic, well, I can understand if you want to put it below 5. As a fan, I would say just above 5. For me, it was probably a 6, 6 out of 10 kind of film. Now, overall, I did enjoy it. I did have to go through the lore again, 
just to make sure I was seeing things correctly because of the details in the film. And now, spoiler, Mike is meant to be the son of William Afton, not some random with his sister. I'm pretty sure his sister is meant to be dead. And Vanessa is not technically William Afton's daughter, at least not yet, until she gets mind-controlled later by William Afton's wife, whose name currently escapes me. The timeline seems to be rather mixed up in this movie. Possibly fast-forwarded, from what I can gather. But I ignored all those things and still quite enjoy the movie despite that. Uh, Elevated thrillers aren't generally to my taste, but hey, still quite enjoyable. And now thank you to Belgrave Cinema. If you feel like enjoying a movie, why don't you pop down on 145 Dumeric Street? See you again next week. This was Screen Time on Toon 106.9. Going to credits.